the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Billen on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Wash my hands. I don't touch my face. I stay at home. Shelter in place. Social distance. Don't go to work I wear a mask and gloves Stay away from church I avoid old folks And should I sneeze I do it in my elbow Or up my sleeve Six feet apart can go back to school I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD I've watched Hulu Roku, Netflix PBS and the BBC I've taken down all my mirrors and I'm sick of what I see of quarantine will be the death of me me. I risk a trip to the grocery store to buy a TV and a few things more but when I get there all I can find Honey buns and some mad dog wine I'm washing my hands Like a raccoon with OCD I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS and the BBC I've taken down all my mirrors Cause I'm sick of what I see So this quarantine's gonna be the death of me. The death of me. You know, they say this is war. But we don't have to storm Omaha Beach or Pork Chop Hill. And we just lay here on the couch and watch TV. Whew, I'd rather volunteer.
volunteer for a high-risk commando raid to parachute into Wuhan and find that little fellow that ordered that bat soup. I know I'm talking out of my head, saying crazy stuff over and over like, yes, dear, yes, dear. At breakfast, I meant to say, honey, please pass me the pepper. Well, what slipped out was, you crazy woman, you've ruined my life. <laughs> of course, I immediately apologized. <laughs> As soon as I regain consciousness. Tom Sumner, program.com. The Tom Sumner, program.com. Welcome back, uh, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner uh, program, and we continue uh, our uh, Memorial Day edition of the Tom Sumner program with best-selling author John O'Neill, whose uh, recent op-ed in the, the Hill sheds new light on a recent spate of mysterious liquidations among uh, Russian oligarchs and is in in many ways a uh, companion to his new book, The Dancer and the Devil, which was released in uh, April and already a bestseller on Amazon in Espionage True Accounts, in uh, biographies of uh, espionage. Um, Anyway, John joins me by phone. John, good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, uh, Tom. I'm, I'm particularly... Happy to be on your show and have it broadcast on Memorial Day. I had uh, I had many friends who died in Vietnam where I was, and so Memorial Day is a special day for me. You know, it's interesting. Um, earlier on the show, we were talking with somebody who uh, was was sharing uh, the accounts of uh, a World War II uh, pilot and. Um, and 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 some of the things that happened in the Pacific, because we hear you know about Europe a lot when we reflect on World War II. But why is it important to follow the goings on in Russia, for example? Why would Putin care whether the rest of the world knows he's a, a an autocrat? Well, what's really happened, uh, Tom? I got started on this book. Because, uh, honestly, in part, I remembered my friends who were killed in Vietnam. My uh, first classmate, the Naval Academy, my roommate who died in an accident relating to Vietnam. And others, and others whom I I saw killed. And so I I got involved in the book. Of course, I immediately encountered Marxism, which is the greatest killer of the 20th and 21st centuries. Um, And the beginning of the book tells the account essentially of Stalin and Stalin's first small assassinations, one by one of people, including the great dancer Pavlova, and then development of huge bioweapons at places like Siratov. Um, the spread of those bioweapons to Russia, I mean to Putin's Russia, and to China, and then the leak of those out of uh, Wuhan. Um, and so you have the same driving force that we encountered in Vietnam, where so many died, and that is Marxism. And that exists, that's what Putin is. Putin's uh, grandfather was Stalin's cook. His father was an executioner in the Ukraine for the Red Army. That's why he talks about uh, expunging Nazism in the Ukraine. Uh, His father's job was to 
two people in the back of the head who are unreliable in the Ukraine. And it's exactly what you have going on today in China. Uh, three days ago, for example, the Harthom, uh, Zen, who's one of the foundational religious people in the whole world, a 90-year-old cardinal, was arrested in Hong Kong and thrown into uh, prison by the Chinese communists. They can't, uh, Marxism can't survive pre-debate, and its solution is always murdering people. And it is the great murder of our time, and there are two people who are students of it right now who are very evil. One is uh, Vladimir Putin, and the other one is Xi Jinping in China, and they're both very dangerous people. That was the reason why I wrote The Dancer and the uh, Devil. How would you describe that book, John? <clears throat> is it um, historical fiction? Is it, uh, you know, a, a, a true account? How, how, how would you categorize uh, the way that uh, the information is shared in The Dancer and the it's Devil? A, it's nonfiction, Tom. It has roughly 642 footnotes. You get the Kindle edition of it through Amazon. You can actually one by one look at the footnotes, the sources, which is sort of fun and interesting to do. But it's uh, very much nonfiction. To tell you a story, when we were doing the book, all of a sudden my co-author is the one who maintained the manuscript and all of our sources. Some of the sources come from Russia and from China, obviously people in jeopardy by, by helping us. Um, last summer, she goes and opens up her computer and she finds out that the manuscript and all of our sources have been opened up during the night at 4 o'clock in the morning. Somebody has gone in from the cloud and accessed all the sources and accessed uh, the manuscript. The next morning, we contact the FBI. They say, bring the computer down. The next morning, we go, she goes in to the cloud, and the manuscript has been completely obliterated, and all the sources are obliterated. Um, we hire a, a forensic expert in computers. He says there's only one group of people in the world who could do that, and that's the Chinese government. Most recently, the book has come out, and it hit, for a time, number 17 on Amazon, and yet somebody at Amazon is refusing to allow... Um, comments to be, you know, the reviews to be posted on the book, either in Amazon or, or somewhere else. And so it's a book that hit number 17 on Amazon, and it's only got six reviews. Um, it's a book that the Chinese government is scared to death of, Tom. They're scared to death because it actually tells the truth about what they're doing, and likewise Putin, um, not only about the liquidation of people in China, but their huge bio-warfare program. And it's um, cold, hard nonfiction. Um, the great thing for people about the book is the inspiration of the wonderful people that these thugs are killing, that they kill often secretly. <laughs> and the sad thing about the book, but really important, is to know exactly what they're doing. John, as you were collecting material uh, for your book, um, and again, the, the name of the book is The Dancer and the Devil, um, when you were collecting information about the activities of of Putin in uh, in Russia and Z um, in uh, China, did you also explore how 
American policymakers have reacted at different times and what seems to work and what doesn't? Um, they want to retreat to a comfortable world. Uh, it reminds me very much of the 1930s. In the 1930s, and I know about it only through what my dad and my grandfather told me, my dad was an admiral in the American Navy, and they, they knew that war was going to break out. They knew how evil the Nazis were because they had read uh, Mein Kampf, and they knew about the, the obsolete nature of battleships, but nobody would listen. And uh, so I ended up losing an uncle there, and uh, we ended up losing millions of people in Europe uh, in those terrible concentration camps, a lot of terrible war in the Pacific, all of which could have been avoided if people in the 1930s had listened early on and realized how awful Hitler was and how, what a terrible guy Tojo was. Well, we're in the same sort of period right now. These are terrible people, and yet American policymakers uh, say stupid things like... Uh, I looked into his eyes. This sadly was George Bush. I looked into his eyes talking about Putin, and I could see he was a good man. No, Putin's not a good man. He's a supremely evil man who's killed uh, thousands and thousands of people. In the same way with Xi, we try to pretend, uh, we try to hide things like the origin of the, of the COVID virus, which clearly started in Wuhan, China, and we hide the fact that there was a military bio lab that the Chinese had in in Wuhan. And so we try and pretend, hoping that if we pretend, somehow the bad things will go away. But they don't go away. They, uh, the only way to, con to get rid of evil is to confront it, to realize it exists, and at least to confront it. Let me, let me pose this to you, John, and, and see how you react. I'm sure there are people who look at, uh, you know, Putin's actions in Ukraine, and while unpleasant, might say, well, he's building back up the, the Soviet Union, and we lived with the Soviet Union once. Why can't we do it again? How would you respond to that kind of rationale? Well, we've got to live with... Uh, we. You know, I'm not advocating that we instantly go to war with these guys, not at all. Um, but we have to start off realizing that they're supremely evil. If we take the Ukraine, for example... Um, the Ukrainians have always been fiercely, fiercely nationalistic. In the 1920s, they were the last ones to resist the Bolsheviks. And, and the actual fact is, Stalin started a massacre in Ukraine. He killed. Uh, he started off killing all the musicians and intellectuals in 1931. He shot them all in the head and threw them in a mass grave outside of Kiev. And he then uh, started a combination of imprisoning farmers and uh, seizing grain stocks that ended up killing between 4 and 8 million Ukrainians. Um, and then he oppressed the Ukraine for a time until it became free again in 1990. The Ukrainians, we, uh, Ukrainians are people who for a time were enslaved and became free, and that's why they're fighting so hard to be free. I'm not advocating that we send a million uh, American kids to the Ukraine, but I am advocating that we help the Ukrainians, that the fight of human freedom is our fight. It's why our country got started. It's what we've always uh, stood for. It's throughout our history. And if we ignore that that's who we are, we are nothing at all, because uh, we, are, we are the country of human freedom and democracy. More with best-selling author John O'Neill, straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Hello. Speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. 
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. More with best-selling author John O'Neill, straight ahead. When you um, suggest uh, support for Ukraine, are there examples of things that the U.S. has done to be supportive short of providing uh, uh, boots-on-the-ground military support? They really are, and the one thing we did do is um, mostly prior to the Biden administration, we provided uh, Javelin missile. You have to understand, Tom, before uh, the Ukraine, every all military doctrines that a tank column supported by air could beat anything else in the world. And so if you look at World War II, that's how World War II was decided. First, the Nazis moving west and east. Later, the Nazis being pushed in both directions by the Russians and the Americans. And the two Gulf Wars, both decided by tank columns with air support, considered generally invulnerable. But our Javelin missiles have changed everything. Uh, now, a guy can sit in a, uh, he can sit in a rabbit hole, in a, in a spider hole, two and a half miles away, and he can fire a missile that will go 400 feet in the air and come crashing down on his tank. That's not a Molotov cocktail. And so the huge Russian armored columns stalled in the Ukraine. And I really believe without those Javelin missiles, I think that the Ukraine would have been crushed. Uh, the other thing, of course, they had going for them is something that had not a lot to do with us, but a lot to do with them. They were uh, people who had been enslaved and were now free, and they didn't want to be enslaved again. And they all had grandparents or great-grandparents who were killed by Stalin. And so that's what makes them so fierce in wanting to fight for freedom. I think it's the same thing you would probably encounter if the uh, if Putin tried to conquer the area you're in, in in Michigan or the area I'm in in Texas. I think you would encounter an awful lot of people, Tom, who just didn't want to be slaves. Do you think that uh, that Putin's um, aggression might even lead to uh, attacks on the U.S.? I don't think that Putin will launch a nuclear attack on anybody because the problem with the nuclear attack is it's a two-edged sword. Uh, the, the same airways that lead from uh, Moscow to London lead from London to Moscow. But I do think Putin represents a tremendous threat to the world because of his huge bioweapons facilities. What I mean is Putin has spent billions of dollars a year, as have the Chinese, developing uh, things like smallpox, uh, Mars burger, um, various types of Ebola diseases, and other diseases, as well as agricultural diseases, like uh, African swine blue and so on. And so you can get a guy, I don't think you, you have a missile firing somewhere, I think you have a guy that co costs in cancer, and I think that's the threat to the world right now. I, I think from both Putin and from Xi, and I personally think that uh, an inadvertent release from the Wuhan military lab, look at how it's crippled the world with COVID-19. And you're convinced that, or, or at least you suspect that uh, the work being done in Wuhan was uh, akin to bio-warfare? Yes, uh, in every 
uh, China has many bio labs, so does the United States. There's nothing wrong with those. But in 12 cases, the Chinese bio labs have shadow biomilitary labs whose job is to weaponize biological diseases, as explained in the book and relying on uh, information that is from the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, and, and, and elsewhere. In uh, Wuhan, there's a huge bioweapons lab, uh, one of the largest in, in China. Uh, <clears throat> the COVID-19 virus is a combination of two things. Um, it's a combination first, 96.2% of a virus that traces to a bat in the Himalayan mountains. This bat didn't fly 1,100 mile, uh, 1, miles to Wuhan. It was brought to Wuhan, according to published articles, back in 2015. Now, somebody added 3.8% to that bat, and I don't think it was, I don't think the bat flew into a wet market and then mated with a pangolin or something else. That we've never found the 3.8 naturally anywhere in nature. We've never found the COVID-19 virus existing anywhere naturally in the world. We've had a, 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 an Easter egg hunt for a non-existent Easter egg for the past three years. The reason we've never found it naturally is that it's a created virus. It's the first man-made created virus that man has ever encountered on Earth. Um, we've, never, we've never had a virus that man himself created. This is the very first one. I think it was released by mistake. I don't think that, I think, as the book explains, it was likely they were conducting vaccine trials to try and, uh, and develop a vaccine. That's what happened in 1977 by their own admission to a vaccine that they were trying to create to, to a virus that existed only in their own lab, um, according to the head of their own virology program. And the virus went worldwide, the 1977 flu. And I think that's exactly what happened this time. And I, I think that uh, NIH and so on know this, or, or at least strongly suspect this, and I think they've suppressed that information because they think it would be anti-science, or it would make people mad at the Chinese or for other reasons that are inconceivable to me. I think they've forgotten that people do best when they're given the truth and then they can form their own judgment. John, you spent four years researching uh, the subject before you wrote the book, The Dancer and the Devil. What got you started to begin with? I began uh, really, Tom... Uh, I saw a terrible death in Vietnam and then uh, actually also in, in Hong Kong where the Russian guards had taken over Hong Kong. And then reading about the Great Cultural Revolution in China, which millions died, and the predecessor um, greatly poured in China, which maybe more than 20 million died. And so I thought I'd, I'd like to do something to commemorate these people so they don't just disappear like the communists intended. The communist um, Stalin once said uh, he proposed killing a million Germans. And Churchill at Tehran said, we can't kill a million people. We're Christians. Stalin said, uh, God may be a Christian, but the devil is a good communist. He said, if we kill a million people, it's only a statistic. It's only if they find out about one that can be a tragedy. And so I thought, well, why don't I write a book about those ones so that people actually know some of the real people that uh, Stalin killed. And so I began, and as I got into it, of course, the, 
one I chose to center the book on was the world's greatest dancer, a woman named Anna Pavlova, whom Stalin had poisoned in 1931 in Paris. Uh, Wallenberg, the great humanitarian, only one of only two people ever to be a, an honorary U.S. citizen who was uh, used by Stalin as a test rat to, for poisons in his poison lab, one, and others, um, Father Ramza, um, a, a Catholic saint, who was uh, poisoned in Ruthenia in Hungary in 1947, and so on. That carried me forward into the uh, into bioweapons because Stalin started huge bioweapons facilities in Saratov that leaked in 1939, as described in the book, uh, the first big leak of bioweapons, and uh, then developed even more sophisticated bioweapons all through the Soviet period. These were discontinued by Gorbachev and also by uh, Yeltsin. But as soon as Putin got in, the very first thing he did was reinstitute massive bioweapons programs in, in Soviet Russia. In Russia, he bragged about this. He says, uh, look, uh, in a presidential debate, he said that when, when his army was criticized, he said, yes, but you don't know about our genetics programs. And well, he's got huge programs. The Chinese smile. Uh, that is, Xi smiles. Of course, China's a wonderful nation with wonderful people. Um, one of them who's not is Xi, under tight control these days of the communists after his ascension, a much different China than the China of 20 years ago. And uh, they have huge bioweapons programs that they heavily rely on, they test extensively, and they've, they've had for a long time. They sold bioweapons in 2004 to the Iranians. And so that's how I got into it. I got into it really as an act of um, uh, kind of remembering all of my friends, and then I continued with it and put so much work into it because I, I became so convinced it was important for the world to learn about these two truly evil men and the sort of weapons they possess. You know, I mentioned uh, parenthetically when we first started talking this morning, John, um, your recent uh, op-ed in The Hill talking about uh, Putin's diabolic playbook to uh, terrorize and eliminate those who might publicly oppose his autocratic chokehold. Do you go into that in in the book, or do you look pretty much back at, at World War II? Um, in, oh, no, in we go into, uh, Tom, we go into Putin's poisonings. Now, the the interesting thing is the people the op-ed deals with are all new people. Um, Putin began poisoning with a, with his mentor, a man named Anton Slobok, in 2000. Slobok was the mayor of St. Petersburg. He actually gave Putin his first job as assistant mayor. Well, they asked him after Putin became uh, head of Russia, the prime, uh, premier, prime minister, they asked him, who is Vladimir Putin? And he said, Putin, this is the man who knows Putin better than anyone else. He said, Putin is the new Stalin. Two days later, Slobok uh, and both of his bodyguards had simultaneous heart attacks. Slobok died. The two bodyguards uh, recovered. Um, and, so, and Putin typically went to the funeral and sent flowers. That was the first of a sequence of poisonings that are outlined in the book. Um, one of the most uh, prominent uh, Yushchenko was the prime minister of the Ukraine, 
you may remember the pictures of him as a normal looking guy, and all of a sudden his face is just horrifying because he's been poisoned with dioxin. Then there was Levenko, a uh, defector in Russia, whom Putin had poisoned. They asked Putin if he had poisoned him, and he said, uh, all he said was, Levenko is not Lazarus, he will not be coming back. And there's a whole sequence, the, the most um, famous one, so this group uh, in England, uh, daughter follows her, her father, um, she's followed by Russian agents, they poison the father with Novichok, uh, a, a Soviet army uh, poison, they're picked up on video cameras, and brilliantly, a, uh, a blogger in the United States named Bellingcat actually matches the, those films with Facebook. And he finds these idiots on Facebook. They're a unit called 26115, and uh, outlined in the book. And their job is to go around and poison people. The British police track their, their tracks around the world. They killed at least 14 people, poisoned them in England alone. And, other, and they were also poisoning in other places in the world. They asked Putin about it, and he says, well, I don't know anything about such a unit, but it sounds like a really good idea. That was his response. So the the uh, article that I wrote is about the latest seven and now eight because an eighth guy has. Uh, these are all staged suicides of oligarchs. Uh, eight different oligarchs supposedly in the past two months since the invasion of the Ukraine have committed suicides. Three of them have killed their entire families. The latest one discussed in the article is the Prince Engine. Sanja family in Spain. Here's a family. They're all very happy. They get along with each other. A guy calls his daughter princess, and all of a sudden they find the husband, I mean the wife and the daughter, cut to pieces with an axe, and the guy hangs. And next to him is the axe, uh, but it has no fingerprints on it, and he has no blood on him. And the Moscow police say, hey, that must have been a suicide murder. It wasn't a suicide murder, Tom. It was what was called a liternoid killing. That's a staged murder. Uh, a guy that defected out of the KGB, a guy named Kravinsky, said uh, any fool can murder someone. It takes a true artist to stage a natural death or a suicide. And as the book relates, the, uh, first the Soviets and later Putin have been using uh, poisons like anthrax, um, potassium, uh, karari, the stage uh, respiratory deaths and heart attacks for a long, long time. Does Putin have an end game, John, or is he just trying to um, create and maintain a world that that supports him and and uh, his hunger for power? Well, short term, his end game is to reestablish the old Soviet Union. Uh, as I told you, his grandfather was, was uh, Stalin's, you know, um, cook. His father was an executioner for the KGB, and Putin, of course, grew up in the KGB. Never seen combat or anything. He's a guy that uh, the only combat he's ever seen is shooting people in the back of the head. And so he would like to reestablish the, uh, his idol is Stalin, whom he adores. He would like to reestablish the, the Soviet Union of 1955 short run. Long run, of course, he has the same crazy dream of a Marxist world 
that drove Stalin, drove Mao, and uh, drives Xi and, and uh, Putin today. So he would like to see a world, you know, as you know, the Marxists promise heaven on earth, and then they, they deliver hell. They deliver slavery. They deliver a world in which there are a few wealthy people that live well, and the rest of us are enslaved. We no longer have freedom of thought. We don't have the right to worship where we want. We don't have the right to have a job where we want. And so uh, that literally is the world that he wants. He wants a, uh, ultimately a Marxist world, short-term, a reestablished Soviet Union. Is Marxism itself flawed, or is it the people who have and, and continue to practice it? Well, the system itself is uh, fundamentally flawed. The first big flaw in the system is, to me, is it is a purely materialistic system. It never recognizes the power, for example, of art, for art's sake, or the power of religion or a world beyond the immediate material. And so from that, it has an incredibly crude pragmatism that rejects all humanitarian values. So, Tom, you're not a, a person to a Marxist. You're a piece of human material to be used. If you serve the state, that's great, if you're doing okay. But if you raise too many questions or if you're, uh, for some reason, inconvenient, why well, we just dispose of you the same way we dispose of um, a napkin. And uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a very cruel system. I think it also uh, economically ignores the flaws in this flaw, that man, for better or worse, is is tremendously motivated by self-interest. So that if you take a, um, basically an agriculture, um, Marxism has failed everywhere in the world on collective farms. Why? Because a thousand people owning in common a huge deal just don't do as well as the individual farmer with, you know, a thousand acres out in Iowa or Michigan or wherever. Why? Because the guy cares a lot more if he has this feeling of property. There were some great uh, uh, scientists in the 1950s who actually went into this. There's a great book called On Property. And uh, what he concluded was individual ownership of property creates uh, a lot of stability of territory. That is, if I have my own little territory, I'm much more at peace with the people around me. Than if, I, if we're constantly jockeying over a common thing. And I think that's the economic flaw in Marxism. It's failed, of course, miserably as a system everywhere from the Soviet Union on. The only places it's survived at all are places like China, where they've taken a capitalist system and superimposed totalitarianism on top of it. But the economic system of China is not, not communist at all. It's a series of individually owned enterprises. My guest is best-selling author John O'Neill. The new book is The Dancer and the Devil. John, I, I can't believe how fast the time has gone uh, speaking with you this morning. It's been a real pleasure, and I appreciate you spending this time with me and the listeners. And as always, I like to give uh, guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they might find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Um, do you have a website you'd like to share? We do. We have a website called Dancer, not not they, just DancerAndDevil.com. And listeners can go right to DancerAndDevil.com. They'll find many, many things relating to the book there. 
photos, um, many of the events we participated in and so on, they can buy the book at, at Amazon, The Devil and Dancer, and I'm sorry, The Dancer and Devil at Amazon. If they bought it at Amazon, if they'd leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, as I indicated, Amazon has been not allowing reviews of the book. Somebody at Amazon, some idiot. And uh, so we can use help. It's a book that the Chinese have desperately tried to stop actually getting out. And so um, the help of your listeners, if they could if they could go out and actually get books, this would be a wonderful thing. And then tell people about the information in the book because it, it is really, really important uh, on these two people and on the terrible weapons they possess. What's next for you, John? Um, a good question, Tom. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm 76, so I'd love to bounce my little grandchildren on my knee. <laughs> I have six little granddaughters, and uh, I love them all. I have a lot of close friends from my Naval Academy days and my military days and, and otherwise. And uh, I've, I've got a farm uh, actually up in Iowa, and so I'll, I'll enjoy all of those. I, I don't think I'll get involved in writing another book like this one in my life because there was such an immense amount of work that went into the book. And, uh, I mean, it's such a huge endeavor. It's the third one I've written, and... Uh, it's it is a it is a ton of work and uh, so I doubt I'll write another book but I I will uh, I'll certainly enjoy the remainder of my life and look forward to being with a lot of my friends from Vietnam someday. Well, thanks for spending a little bit of that life with me this morning. I appreciate appreciate it, John. It's thanks been an much. honor and a privilege. Thanks much, Tom. Take care. Once again, uh, best-selling author John E. O'Neill. And the book is The Dancer and the Devil. It was uh, released in April of uh, 2022. And we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead.
Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year, the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello! I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Flipflip Technology, My Community College, it's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company. And then ask for the gift card number over the phone. Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. 
These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov AG for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone... I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. In the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very entertaining And they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining I went hiking with Joe Spivey He developed poison ivy You remember Leonard Skinner He got ptomaine poisoning last night after dinner All the counselors hate the waiters And the lake has alligators And the head coach wants no sissies So he reads to us from something called Ulysses Now I don't want this should scare you But my bunkmate has malaria You remember Jeffrey Hardy They're about to organize a searching party Take me home, oh motherfucker! Take me home. I hate Granada. Don't leave me out in the forest where I might get eaten by a bear. Take me home. I promise I will not make noise or mess the house with other boys. Oh, please don't make me stay. I've been here one whole day. (laughs) Dearest father, darling mother, how's my precious little brother? Let me come home if you miss me. I would even let Aunt Bertha hug and kiss me. Wait a minute. It stopped hailing. Guys are swimming. Guys are sailing. Playing baseball. Gee, that's better. Modafada, kindly disregard this letter. This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
God shed His grace on thee and crown that good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Ain't it a shame the way things have changed?
Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner Show Oh yeah Well that wraps it up for today's special Memorial Day edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I hope you enjoyed it as we paid uh, tribute to some of those fallen for our freedom and celebrating of course the unofficial start to uh, to summer. I want to say thanks to all of the guests who participated in today's show. John O'Neill best-selling author talking about his book The Dancer and the Devil. Before that we talked with the author of Valor. Author and Lieutenant Colonel retired Dan Hampton and um we started out this morning with uh, a very appropriate guest for Memorial Day, the uh, National Commander of the American Legion, Paul Dillard, kicked off our Memorial Day edition of the show. Anyway, there's Smoke and George winners tickling the ivories, letting me know it's time to uh, head on down the hall to the living room. Actually, I'm going to slip out onto the deck and enjoy uh, some summertime barbecue I think in any event uh, I will be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner program so have a great day and don't forget to remember those who have fallen good night everybody program is a live variety show we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.